Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome back to the FT Startup Podcast, a 10-part guide to creating and growing a business. I'm Jonathan Moles. In this episode, we look at the people or organizations that are going to give your business a future, your customers. James Watt co-founded the Aberdeenshire craft beer business Brewdog with fellow Scott Martin Dickey in 2007. The company now operates 32 bars as far from its UK base as Tokyo and Sao Paulo. Last year, it increased its revenue 60% to £30 million, and it employs 400 people. But it's the customers that set Brewdog apart from other startups, as James explained to me over a pint at his pub at the top end of Brick Lane in the east end of London. If you look at any marketplace for any thing that you're selling today, it's crowded, there's a lot of competition, so you've got to find a way to really cut through that clutter and really connect with your customers. When you've been trying to attract customers, what have you been thinking about? We have thought of nothing, so we do a few things that are really quite unconventional. Firstly, we have a massive focus on the core of what we do, which is the beer, and we firmly believe if we focus on making the best beers we can, if we focus on putting the taste, the flavour, the artisan craftsmanship back into people's beer glasses, then our customers will, will find us. I see. So it's make the product great, the customers will follow. Definitely. And I think too many businesses get that the wrong way around. They've got a product which is maybe not quite amazing, not quite fantastic. Then they spend their whole time chasing customers. But that kind of notion of, of sales, I think, is, is dying out. And as a business, if you're too heavily focused on sales and getting customers, I think you're going to go the same way as the downstairs. The focus, first and foremost, has got to be doing something truly outstanding something memorable, something that people's going to be excited about. And if you do that today with social media, with interconnectivity, the customers will find you. And you talk about your customers as fans, not customers. What do you mean? We don't see them so much as customers. We see them as our, as our community. And um, a lot of our customers are actually investors in our company. So we've got 40,000 equity punk investors. And these guys are their best customers as well. So we love the fact that our company is owned by people who, who love our beers and it's a new, evocative, powerful business model for the 21st century for a consumer-focused business where the people who buy what you do also own part of the company. It just gives you whole new levels of engagement, interconnectivity and our philosophy has always been to shorten the distance as much as possible between ourselves and the people who enjoy our beer and our equity for Punk's business model is the ultimate incarnation of that philosophy. That idea of getting maybe customers to, to back your business, how did that come about for you? Well, I think we did that in the UK pretty much before anyone else did it. It was back in 2009, and it was born out of necessity. We couldn't get the banks to lend us money. It was the recession, the banking crisis, 
and we were a small business, we needed capital to expand, so we decided to involve our customers, our community and the ownership of our company. So we gambled our entire future on what we dubbed equity for punks and people who have invested their cash get a whole package of amazing discounts of benefits and invite to our AGM with 6,000 people there last year but they also get to own an equity stake in what has been the fastest growing food and drinks company in the UK for the last four years so it's a chance to invest in a fast growth company at an early stage of its development too. And you also involve these fans or customers in actually the process of creating some of the new flavours and, and beers? Yeah, we love to involve our community as often as we as we possibly can in pretty much everything we, we do. So our equity punks help us decide what beers we're going to be make. We develop beers in conjunction with them. They help us find locations for our bar division. We pay them money if they do find us locations. We share with them all our plans. They give us feedback. So it's not a conventional investment. They're on this journey with us. They've got a front row seat to the craft beer revolution and they're helping us be a better company which is going to benefit them and also ourselves and our team. You say finding locations. Mm. Yeah, so we set out target cities, we set out target locations, we give people criteria and we encourage our community to help us find new bar sites and for each site we take on we pay them a thousand pounds. So for instance our Bristol site, our Liverpool site, our new Edinburgh site, our new Glasgow site have all been found for us by our equity punk community. So it's putting the power back in the hands of the people. It keeps our cost base low and it gives us access to 40,000 talented people who want to play a role in helping us build our business. That sounds like it might be a problem someone sort of coming up with and maybe they've had too many to drink and they're, they're suddenly there oh yeah i could create this place here but maybe you had a different experience well i mean they come up with the suggestions and we don't have to act on those suggestions so of the four sites that equity punks have found for us there's maybe been submissions for over 50 potential locations that weren't quite right so just because an equity punk submits a location idea we don't have to take that location we still do our own due diligence and check it out ourselves but it just means that we've got the people who are going to be going there, who are going to be frequent in the establishment, giving us recommendations as to where we should open up, and they've managed to help us find some amazing sites that we otherwise wouldn't have access to. They've managed to help us expand our business quicker, and because we haven't had to pay big agency fees or employ people to do it on our behalf, it's kept our cost base tighter as well. You clearly have some great customers who are a great benefit to the business, but there are people who uh, maybe don't make so great suggestions, uh, they, they may still be loving the company. Yeah. How, do you, how do you break it to someone gently about how do you manage that while you know, and keeping, keeping the love? Well, for instance, the bar hunt that we, that we spoke about, so we pay £1,000 to anyone who finds a location that um, we go ahead with. If someone submits a location, as long as it fits the criteria, even if we don't go ahead with it, we still send them a case of beer because they've taken some time and effort to put in that. So even if even it's not quite right for us, we still want to reward that person because they've taken time out of their lives and tried to help us develop our company. So we definitely want to acknowledge that and keep them engaged. I see. And the person that found our Bristol site had actually a couple of proposals um, turned down before he actually found the one that we went ahead with in Bristol. So it's important... It's important to acknowledge contributions, even when that contribution isn't necessarily right for us at that time. So in a way, it's like that old entrepreneur mantra, it's allowing people to fail as well and, and, and encourage them to come back, because they may well come back with an even better suggestion. Yeah, exactly. exactly. James, thank you very much. Cool, thanks for your time. That's the entrepreneur's take. What about an academic expert? 
I got on the tube to London Business School to meet with John Mullins, the associate professor we met earlier in this podcast series. Professor Mullins, like James Watt, has a particular interest in the value of customers, having written a book called The Customer-Funded Business, Start, Finance and Grow Your Company with Your Customers' Cash. I asked him what it is that customers can do for our business over and above just paying for stuff. Well, the customers do everything for a business. They provide the revenue with which we pay our employees and we pay our suppliers. They provide the lifeblood of the business going forward. Eventually, if there are no customers, there is no business, right? Now, for a long time, we wondered about Twitter, which didn't have any customers. It only had users for a long time, right? Now it's got some paying customers, but will that turn into a really viable business? I think the jury's still out there. So at the end of the day, if you don't have somebody paying the bills, you can't pay your bills. It's really that simple. But one of the cool things today is that we've begun to realize that not only is the customer king of all that, the customer can be your VC too. And if you can get the customer to pay and pay early, that can be a great source of funding. And is that something that technology has enabled or are these things that companies have been doing for a while? Well, certainly technology has enabled it. So many of the customer-funded models work with an Internet basis, which is very efficient to build and operate today. But there are lots of examples of companies that are customer-funded that have nothing to do with the Internet. If you think if you're going to remodel your kitchen and you hire a designer or an architect, when do you write the first check? Before they start work, right? So these are age-old ideas, but they've kind of gotten lost a bit because the VCs and angels have kind of stolen the limelight and convinced us all that we know the first thing we got to do is go raise finance if we're going to start a business. I think they're wrong. First thing we got to do is get a customer. So maybe we've lost our passion. We need to raise our customers up as more important people. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's easy to say, and it's often difficult to do because you've got to really deliver something that the customer wants, not just something you think the customer wants. Back to James Watt at BrewDog. I think today you've really got to minimise that distance between yourself and your customers through transparency, through engagement, through integrity. People don't just want to buy a product anymore. They want to align themselves with something that's compatible with their belief systems. They want to really kind of see behind the curtain and understand when they're buying something where it's made, who it's made by, how it's made, the passion that goes into that. So I just think that level of complete openness and transparency with with customers is so, so important. And that's something that we've had from the start. And that's something that's been the hallmark of building our community. So there you have it. The customer is not only king, he or she might be your angel investor, your marketing head and your business development expert. These are important people. Next week, we're back on the other important element apart from people, money. In particular, the price you charge for what you do and the strange psychology of raising your prices. Until then, goodbye. Don't forget, if you have any questions, email me at jonathan.moles at ft.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. 
Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.